Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast this week. On today's episode, Matt and I put a bow on the NBA Finals. Congratulations to the Golden State Warriors on winning the championship this year. We talk about what's next for Boston, what is so great about this Warriors team, and then me, Matt Guest, I will give out my top five players uh, in the NBA right now to conclude our NBA season, and then we're in the dog days of summer. We're in the dog days of sports. So it's time to start previewing some of these NFL schedules, some of these NFL divisions, some of these NFL teams. So we're going to start with what we know best. We break down the NFC North, go over the Packers, the Lions, the Bears, the Vikings, what we like about them. Will they hit their over-under on their win-losses? And some fun bullshitting. So let's run the music, man. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Matt Guest, with me out in Viva Las Vegas. Full backdrop set up with the flags, the jerseys looking fantastic. Matt Morris, what's up, pal? How are you? What's good? Yeah, man, the flag finally came in. The setup is done. Um, It's ironic how the cheapest piece of this memorabilia collection was the one to pull it all together. Uh, But I think that's life. (laughs) And there's probably some kind of hidden message inside of that little tidbit. Right, right. Do with you whether you'd like with that kind of information. But yes, man, I got the uh, the baseball flag and the jerseys completed. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like my your setup looks way better than mine now. But my kind of makeshift one that I've had here for a while, my favorite thing is the Kobe and Jordan quote unquote poster. It was seven dollars. It's literally a piece of shit seven dollar poster from Seven Eleven that I got when I had to go take a piss when I was on a road trip. And I was like, oh, that'd be super cool for the pod. And it's like it looked it looks chill enough on the clips. You know what I mean? And then there's a newspaper from Milwaukee like. Hey, we're we're dumpster diving over here still, dude. One of these days we'll have signed stuff from like some it. of our favorite players. Well, I'll speak that into existence. Maybe well, from Bailey Zap. I told you that from <laughs> Bailey Zap, our boy Zappy. I told you about that uh that what that one of one I think it was a six or eight photo collab of Kobe driving through the lane and dunking, right? It was oh, like yeah. fifteen thousand yeah. dollars signed, probably like I'd say a three by like four, three by two. It's, dude, some of this stuff is crazy, but yeah, um, you give it a little time. I think this sports memorabilia market's going to cool off a little bit, and you can build build the empire of a backdrop. Yeah, and, and don't forget, we got our boy Vaughn over at PSA. Mm-hmm, you yeah. know, collecting the helmets, collecting the jerseys. He's buddies with some of the big guys over there. You know, we're just waiting for him to make it a little bit more over there, not to put too much pressure on him, and then. <laughs> To start feeding it, feeding it our way, right? Like he's still making it out there in the world too. That's our boy, um, but that that will come as well. You know, he's all in on the Chargers memorabilia because he's a big Chargers fan. Has the um, season tickets, so a lot of Justin Herbert stuff right now. You know, not necessarily up our neck of the woods, but you know, one of these days. I was thinking about NBA finals and losses and the teams that like what happens to the team, right? Yeah. And it's hard to gauge because you have so much Golden State, you have so much uh LeBron James. And I really wanted to see though the teams outside of LeBron and Curry. 
who like okay made it back and like you know was still contenders because I don't think Boston makes it back to the finals ever in terms of this this team. I don't think Jason Tatum ever mm, sniffs the finals ever again. Okay. Um, and I look back and it's like you have to go all the way back to San Antonio, uh, twenty thirteen year lost yeah. to the Heat, so lost to LeBron. Right. To see a team outside of the Golden State Warriors to make it back to the finals or win the finals, win or lose. Yeah. And that would have been San Antonio 2014 when they beat LeBron right. again. Right. So it goes 2014, San Antonio Spurs beat the Heat. Then it's Warriors, Cavs, uh, Cavs, Warriors, Warriors, Cavs. Right. Uh, <laughs> Warriors, well, the, Cavs. It, it, well, it was that. It was that. It was that run. Until uh, the Toronto year, the first year LeBron left, the bubble year uh, yeah. where LeBron was back, and then last year Milwaukee and Phoenix. Yeah. So, so that was the, it, so the first hard. break. The first break from LeBron in Golden State was last year's finals. Correct. So you really get the, the Suns and the Heat are really the only teams you can really quantify here. But now we have a trend, right? It's now going to be Heat, Suns, Celtics. Okay. Out of the next seven years, once we can look at this from a perspective bubble of 10 years, who makes it back? Yeah. Because, uh, again, like the LeBron age is done. And I don't think we'll see the dominance of Giannis that we saw of LeBron. Uh, it's we'll impossible. See. It's impo- like, you know, he'd well, have to... eight straight. Yeah, there's no chance eight straight. I just. No, no, no. Not, in, not even close. In 10 years. I even tweeted that out. Um the day after they won because you know the and this is what's fun about twitter too is like you know twitter's just going crazy curry's better than lebron like all the recency bias super 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 hot takes which are it's fun like it is what it is i don't take it too serious but i tweeted out like don't ever forget that lebron went to eight straight finals and your favorite player didn't you know like (laughs) let's you know in 10 years matt maybe even five years after lebron retires maybe the year after lebron retires when you really start folding back the pages and going back in time and looking at what this guy did objectively and not with so much hate in your heart like even i i I was a hater on lebron for a while growing up but like just looking at what he did in the fact that he went eight straight years doesn't matter that the competition wasn't great because he still did it right and i guarantee you put any other superstar in the league on those Cavs teams for eight straight years or the heat or whatever it is they feel it, they slip and fall they don't end up making it so just a reminder out there lebron is still really good and to your point right like this is a, once again we're jumping back to either golden state or lebron here for the past 10 years have been in the finals so out of you know going back to what you said in the the celtics so out of those three losers the past three years the celtics obviously have the best chance to go back to the finals i think phoenix is going to be in a world of hurt this offseason all all signs are pointing to they're going to lose Aiton. paul's going to be done and then they're going to be in the same issue they had before it's just going to be devin booker and a bunch of so so players that that's kind of my prediction for the suns moving forward but I, i think it's actually i thought the loss was good for boston to be honest with you, after like actually marinating and sleeping on it, because night of I'm like Jason Tatum fucking sucks. He played terrible. Look, he had a horrible finals. It happens. It happens, and I think their core is good enough to get back there one more time in the next three to four seasons. Yeah, I mean, we talked we talked to Cap the other day though, you know, and like I can't justify capping Marcus Smart as a max guy. I don't um, I don't disagree with that at all. I I think. It, if they had a real point guard, it would help a lot. And I think 100%. Tatum being 24, like, dude, he had a bad finals, man. It happens. Like, honestly, every 
great player, which he's trending to be a great player, right? I have him at number 10 on the list of best players in basketball right now. Um, Every great player has a bad finals, dude. LeBron had bad finals. Kobe had a bad finals. You go down the list, dudes have bad performances. I think he just got outplayed, outplayed, outcoached. He was tired. Uh, he was in his head a little bit. You know, it fuck, it happens, dude. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I think there's a lot of things that could swing this roster pretty significantly and pretty fast. Um, yeah. I think if you could get Aiden, you know, you talked about Aiden leaving dude. the Suns. So that's something yeah. I brought up at work. I was like, you know, the only thing that I would change my take that I don't think they make it back to the finals with this core is if they bring in Aiden. If they can bring in Aiden you really give yourself a chance with a young roster and a young core to run the table, like run it for the next four to five years, four to five years. That's a great window to have, right? Because at that point, if you can't get a championship done, Tatum Brown or Aiden's out. I'm like, I'm out, right? They're just going to be like, I'm done. I'm going somewhere else. Right. But with, with Marcus Smart, Boston (laughs) losers, um, they're not going to make it back because, He's not even the best defensive guard in the league, right? The no. whole concept of like, oh, he's the number one guard. No, he's not. The guy that I'm most impressed with, and like, if you're a Boston fan, that you got to feel great about is Jalen Brown. Uh, he had his downs, but I felt like he rose to the occasion. He was grinding. He was playing great. Uh, his offense was good. His defense was solid. His dribbling, if he could improve one thing, I think it's obvious to everyone. He needs to get that dribbling down. I don't know what's going on with his ball handling, but he showed up, man. He won them that first game, I think it was. Played super aggressive, best player on the floor. And I was kind of, I had a question mark about Jalen Brown. I'm like, dude, can this guy be a a second superstar on a team? Can he get me 25, 30 in big games? Um, I thought his finals performance was excellent. You know how I feel about Bob Williams. He's obviously wasn't healthy. If they can just get those four guys together and find some suitable replacement for Horford, whether that is a guy like Aiton, they play a little bit differently, or just get someone in there that can motivate the team, another veteran presence, that's going to be the key because I don't know how much more time or shelf life Al Horford has. I feel like this may have been his last run, right? I think he's like 39 years old, Matt. He's up there. So if they can find a way to replace him, that's the only piece that's going to hurt. But that young core, you know, as smart being the oldest guy with Bob Williams, Tatum, Brown, I I do think they can get back. And it's just unfortunate Tatum, Tatum, he played, he laid an egg. There's really no way around it. He played terrible. Um, Before I get into my top five, this did come out. And I don't know how real this is. My buddy sent it to me today. And then I was looking, it's from Ramona Shelburne. I think she works for ESPN still. She reported today. Uh, a rumor. It's not like an official thing, but I want to hear what your thoughts are on this. And just kind of the subject in general, not necessarily like this trade, but uh, allegedly the Sacramento Kings have the fourth pick in the draft right now, Matt. They are willing, allegedly, to give up that fourth pick to Golden State for Jordan Poole. Now, two-part question here. A, would you do that if you're yes. Golden State? Okay. B, if you are in a position of power, you know the Bucks. Golden State, baseball. Eh, baseball is not as relevant, but like a football team. The Rams, right? Uh, Super Bowl champs. Would you give up your shit? Fourth, fifth best player for a marquee prospect? You, you yes. do that drop of the hat no matter what? With everything, I think you said it perfectly. Rams and Golden State, we're in cap hell, right? <laughs> we're spending X amount of dollars over the luxury cap, 170 plus dollars million dollars over the luxury cap 
um, I'm going to get a guy on a rookie contract, and then I'm going to get a guy on a matchable contract over the next, what, eight, nine years, right? Something like Team that, control. Yeah. Yep. Um, fourth best in the draft class. And I don't need to draft for need while all saving money and saving money on a guy that like really didn't show his number one or number two true ability, right? We talked about Poole being maybe the third option on a good team right? Um, as his real ceiling. And you're also going to give him to a team that's a black hole. That's a win, <laughs> win, 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 win. I mean, this is amazing. So I would do this in a heartbeat. Yeah. And that's why I was like, when it got sent to me, I said, my buddy just sent me like the picture of the Instagram, you know? And I was like, dude, you need to go like, this is to me. This is way too stupid. You need, you need, to, you need to find who said this. You know, like <laughs> I was like, we could post some bullshit on our account saying, "Yeah, the Packers are actually um, going to trade for Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson and send them Aaron Jones." Like, yeah, you know, I don't know. You can say whatever. <laughs> the fuck the you Rams want, are right? totally excited, <laughs> right? Yeah, you can say you can say whatever you want, you know. And um, yeah, so we and that's what he showed me, Ramona Shelburne. I saw it and I found it on Twitter too. So. I thought that was interesting. I have the same sentiment as you, especially for pool, like that specific trade. I like pool, but uh, you're looking in the class of the, the number four projected pick is Jaden Ivy, who I've been really high on. I like him. He's from Purdue. We'll get into the drafts next week. We'll get into it here uh, in a little bit, but yeah, man, I, I just think the upside of getting rid of a guy that you're going to have to spend 150, 200 million for the number four pick is, is a no brainer. Um, in almost any sport, because it's not it's not your core three. It's not even your core four with Wiggins, right? It's literally the guy that came off the bench that you developed into a almost max player now, whereas it looks like you can obviously develop guards. Go out there and get another one. Well, and the other big thing I think here too is, um, you know, the conversation about keeping Wiggins and also the timetable for, for Seth, uh, for Steph here. Um you know, you can take Ivy and have three years with Steph. And I, I think that's the real thing, right? Poole has been elevated by the ability around him to learn from these veterans. But at the end of the day, he was a 30, 31st off the board prospect. Like the, he has some physical limitations because he's just not the supreme athlete that other guys are. You're going to get a supreme right. athlete out of the top five. There's no question about it. Are you going to hit on him? You know, time will tell. Meh. The top of the draft is a total fucking bag of tricks, right? Right. Um, but yeah, you you have to do this deal. No question about it. It is uh, the basketball season has come to a close. We are turning the page on basketball season till basketball season next year like we normally do. We'll maybe talk about something if it comes up. Free agency will be fun for a little bit. The draft. Uh, I'll talk my shit on Chet Holmgren, but why I like him at the same time and all this stuff here coming up. But it's time to go to my official release of the top five players, my top five players in the NBA. So this is how I have it going down in order. Top five best five players in the NBA, starting first with Giannis as the best player in basketball Two. I still have Kevin Durant as the second best player in basketball. Three, LeBron James. Four, Stephen Curry. And five, Nikola Jokic. That's my top five. Now, people who have been moved out. Uh, Joel Embiid. I had him five. Curry was six. 
preseason. This is just preseason rankings here. Um, you can't watch the NBA Finals and not be reminded on why Steph Curry is a top five player. I feel like an idiot for not having him in there. It was just his greatness is so he the, the those top the top four dudes. This is, doesn't include Jokic because he hasn't proven it yet. But Curry, Durant, Giannis, and LeBron still can carry a team single-handedly to a title. If you surround them with the correct pieces, they will get you, go get you a championship. I wholeheartedly believe that. And that's why I have those guys top four. Now, Jokic, I think, can do it as well. I just, he got dealt a bad hand. He carried his team to that spot in the final, or excuse me, in the playoffs this year. Whereas it's no disrespect to Embiid. I think he's there too. I just think Jokic, what he does on the basketball court is a bit more impactful than Joel Embiid. But those guys are kind of picking and pulling straws. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I um when you said that to me, I actually sat down. I was like, I need I don't know as much as you, and I don't think it's fair for me to make a top five. But I was like, I want to just see what my top five would be. And Jokic isn't in it. And um okay. he's not even in consideration because hmm. of what happened in the playoffs. And I was like, interesting. Well, why? You know, not necessarily like what's wrong about him, but like what about the profile makes it hard for you to see him in there? And I was like, okay, lost in the playoffs. Sure. Um, I was like, okay, what is it like? Wh- where is that stance? Okay, doesn't have uh, a guard around him. Murray's hurt, right? And I was like, okay, well, look at everybody else on my list. Same thing: Durant, LeBron, Curry, Luca. Luca is in the top five instead of Jokic. I figured that's. Who, I figured that's yeah. who was there. I mean, it's yeah. you. Luca's right there. You know, it's but, but because Luca was able to elevate his team into a deeper round. Yeah. I put Luca there, and it's like, well, why? And again, it's because we're yeah. still we're still in a guard league. We're still in a guard league, right? Like we can pretend with Embiid and Giannis and the Joker, um, and Aiden and Anthony Davis that like this is we've moved back to the bigs, but we have not moved back to the bigs. This is a guard league. We talk about Tatum and Luca and uh, Steph Curry and Devin Booker. <laughs> right. You know, like this is still a predominant scorers league, and the scorers as it stands right now. Are the smalls, um, LeBron James, obviously Kevin Durant, the guys that are you know complete variables in there, um, right? But it's hard, man. Like to say LeBron James is still in there is is a remarkable, Un- and- fucking believable. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have him at the end of last man. year for reasons that are also regrettable, but prisoner of the moment reasons. Um, yeah. Two reasons why I put uh, Jokic over Luca. And once again, this is this is a personal list. Like it is what it is. These are the two reasons. One was because of what you said, right? You're like, hey, I want to have Luca in there. Took his team farther. A lost to the same team, Jokic did in one less game. Okay. B, Luca's team actually advanced with him being out in the first round against Utah. Hmm. Remember the Jalen Brunson stuff. Yeah. Right. So he, in my opinion, I mean, it's not even really my opinion. It's obvious that he had a better supporting cast, but still, I don't let that first round win hold as much weight. Right. I think if you give, um, the Joker, just Jamal Murray, not even Michael Porter Jr. back, just one more, you know, all-star level player, just a niche below all-star level player. I think he, propels his team past that Utah team a hundred percent and probably still loses to Golden State in just as many games. Uh Joker's just complete in my he's just he's an absolute freak, honestly. So that that's a 
that's my rebuttal to to the Luca thing there. I get Luca yeah. though. I do, I do, but he also he can negatively affect his teammates more than Joker. They're both great. I love Luca. It's not like I dislike him at all. I just need I need to see him take the one more step into like being Steph Curry, right? Like where Steph can impact the game in way in way more ways than Luca can. Luca is an ISO one-on-one guy. If he doesn't have it cooking where he's seeing the floor playmaking, shooting, making the ball, they're they're probably going to lose, right? His off-ball stuff's not very good. He plays terrible fucking defense. Like that that's kind of just where I have you. It's just a bit above. I mean, let's just fucking get into it. I'll just read through their transactions. Basically, okay. since uh, March, since fucking everything went down. Uh, so they designate Adams for uh, franchise tag on March 3rd. Release Zadarius Smith uh, March 9th. Uh, and Billy Turner. They signed Preston Smith. Uh, re-signed Devondre Campbell. Re-signed Aaron Rodgers. And then they trade Adams right for the two picks and then that frees them up to re-sign Russell Douglas and then Bobby Tanyan end up signing Jaron Reed defensive tackle and then their big like free agent receiver was Sammy Watkins in the offseason here um go on and draft a D D tackle a linebacker and then the prodigal son Um, Christian Watson, and then they just signed Alan Lazard's tender. So Packers offensive depth, you know, let's be honest, right? The the receiving core is the biggest question mark. Um, as two diehard Packer fans that watch every single game, I have optimism about Alan Lazard. Now, do I think he's a top 20 receiver in the league? Yes. I do. I think if he can be the focal point, I think he can fall into the late teens. I'm not saying like this guy's a top 10, but I think he could start on an NFL team as the one. Do you want him as your one? Probably not. Right. But with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, he's going to elevate them. I think the biggest question this year is what are they going to do with Jones and Dylan? Right. Are we going to run a lot of two back sets? Are we going to be tight end dependent? Um, the Packers have a lot of question marks on offense, but I weirdly feel optimistic about the diversity might not even be the right word, but the actual Matt LaFleur offense this year and to see if we can actually have a real system where you can plug and play guys and not be so dependent on one wide receiver, even though I miss him. Well, yeah, and we saw that in the playoffs, and we also see it in the numbers. The Packers are 7-0 since 2019 without Devontae Adams. Right. And that was one thing that I preached even before Devontae was tagged and let go, obviously, in the trade, was when you have that dependency on one player, you cause issues amongst the whole entire offense. You know, sure. is Lazard better than we think because he's not featured as Devontae Adams was featured, right? Do we see MVS go over to the Chiefs and put up 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns because he's now, you know, the top – three deep threat in the league because again <laughs> Rodgers looked too often at Devontae Adams yeah but seven and zero speaks volumes and I think at the end of the day the Packers may lose a maximum of two games because of Devontae Adams not being on this roster I could see them losing zero games because Devontae Adams isn't on this roster now the big place that this will pay uh, negative dividends I think will be in the playoffs right 
Uh, we didn't see it against the 49ers, but I think we would have saw it against the Rams. Not having Devontae Adams in those moments of absolute crunch where you need someone that you trust, where you have that rhythm and you have that camaraderie built up through 10 years of playing together, that's where I think it's going to be dangerous. But at that point, the Packers offense, if they can make it to a playoff game, maybe the NFC Championship, should be tuned in enough where, much like the 49ers, you have absolutely no idea what to expect what's coming. No clue, right? Like you just don't know what to, to like guard against. And I think that's why you see the Packers at 7-0 without Devontae. Well, and I actually totally disagree with you about the, with seeing the weakness in the playoffs. Like, I mean, we've been to the playoffs every year. And he hasn't done anything yeah. to propel us over the top. Who won us the game against the Rams two seasons ago? It was Lazard. Mm-hmm. Who dropped a big touchdown against Tampa Bay? It was Devontae Adams. It wasn't a perfect throw, but he dropped a touchdown against the Bucks, who ended up beating us and going to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, the last drive of that series, when the Packers end up kicking a field goal, he goes to Devontae three times in a row. No touchdown. You know, I, I, I that's my that's my blind optimism with this is like, hey, make the read, Rogers, right? Like, don't be so it's hard not to get stuck on Devontae Adams. He's unbelievable, right? But if he's double, triple teamed, you gotta look off and hit the next guy. And Aaron sometimes didn't do that. The game against San Francisco, you can pull up the tape. Lazard's wide open for 30 on the play that he just hucks one Correct. up and throws the white flag. Like, there's a lot of examples of this, and that's where my optimism comes. We're going to find out if Rodgers is washed or not. That's what we're going to find out this season. Can you run an efficient offense? Can you read the defense correctly and put the ball where you need it to be? Not can you let your best receiver burn every corner in the NFL because he's so damn good and then make a great throw. I think that's the that's the exciting part. So I, I actually not worried about him not being there in the playoffs because we've had him in the playoffs and it hasn't done shit. It hasn't produced anything. So I'm excited about that when it comes to the Packers. So I think the addition of the special teams coach is huge, taking care of obviously the biggest weakness we had last season. Um, yeah. And I think that's that's what gives you a B, right? Like if you can come into the new season having addressed your number one weakness, having lost, yes, the number one asset at a position, but you have Aaron Rodgers, right? Essentially, that would be like losing a cornerback while you have still the best two safeties in the game. It's like, well, you'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, you'll be okay. And that's why we pay Aaron Rodgers. That's why Aaron Rodgers is the MVP, because at the end of the day, you should be able to make Alan Lazard and Sammy Watkins top 10 wide receiver core in the NFL. That's what we are giving you the money for. And if you can't, okay, well, now we're talking about a different issue here and the only concern that I have is dating back to that Saints game last year, the first game of the season where Aaron Rodgers just wasn't locked in, neither was Devontae. They honestly didn't give a shit after probably a quarter and a half. Yeah. And you could just see Rodgers not going through his reads and kind of just mailing it in, right? Like, well, you know what? These guys suck. They're not running where I want them to run. I will take this loss today. If we see that through two or three games this season, there's going to have to be some some confrontation on that sidelines because we're going to need Aaron to really just step up and say, I still want to compete at this level. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Like I said, we'll find out who Aaron Rodgers is this year, 100%. And we will find out who Matt LaFleur is too, right? Is this offense everything that they signed you for and hired you for? Now, what's nice for both of them is you read through the fucking depth chart on defense first time in a very long time that the defense for the green bay packers outside of the quarterback right 
is better than the offense for the Packers. The Packers, outside of Rodgers, the defense blows them out of the water. I mean, you go down the list. Worst player on there is Dean Lowry at a career year last year. Kenny Clark, Jaron Reed, who they signed with the rookie, Devontae Wyatt backing him up, Preston Smith, Devondre Campbell, rookie Quay Walker, Rashawn Gary, and then arguably the best secondary in, in all of football, Stokes, Amos, Savage, Alexander, and Rasul Douglas. The defense is stacked. Now, if they get hurt, it could all get ruined. But if these guys stay together all season, specifically the secondary, I don't see too many teams beating the Packers strictly based on the number of points they allow. I think they are their idea of going all in on defense after getting rid of Devontae is super intelligent with an older quarterback. Look at Peyton Manning. Look at Tom Brady. Even though those Bucks teams had good offenses, that defense carried them to that title. And obviously Peyton Manning with the Broncos was a shell of himself. Still won a title because of their elite defense. Well, if you look at last season and just the evidence that we have at hand, it was very similar, which is what's going to be happening to the offense this season. You know, the loss of Jair Alexander early in the season doesn't come back till late in the year. And the secondary still stood strong for most of the season, right? And right. we had a lot of players step up. I think we're going to see that same exact um, kind of compound on, on the offense here without Devontae. Yep. But you're right about, you know, everything in terms of depth the crazy thing is here half of those guys could get hurt and we would still be a good defense half of them yep. could be hurt right we could lose jair we could lose preston we could lose kenny we could lose um one or both of the rookies and you still have like two or three guys out there that i'm competent with that can at least hold a defense or an offense of probably 21 points yep. and that's what's crazy on top of that you're going to have these two first round rookies come in and have a slower development process in regards to expectations. We talk about Patrick Queen over there in Baltimore, a guy that we could have taken instead of Jordan Love. But the regard was you'd have to obviously plug him in right away because we didn't at that point have Campbell. Well, look what happened to Queen. Queen still has not truly found his footing in the NFL as that leader yet, right? We see the athleticism, but we don't right. necessarily see the overall product. And I think with Walker, um, and with Wyatt, you're going to have the opportunity for them to learn around all pros in Campbell and in Clark, where in two or three years, that that depth is going to be now the dominant presence of this defense. And that is a huge asset to have because you're essentially yeah, replacing two all pros which with, with what should be two all pros. And if you need them this year, God, they're young freak athletes. Right. Yep. And I mean, they're going to get baptized by the fire eventually. Like it's going to happen. Someone's yeah. going to get hurt. It's just, it's football. It always happens, right? Someone's going to miss a game a hundred percent. Um. All right, let's run through their schedule real quick here, Matt. So first four weeks of the season, Minnesota, they play at Minnesota at home against Chicago on the road against New, uh, Tampa Bay and then at home against New England. That's kind of a tough four, four game stretch right there. Yeah, but we're also going to find out who they are. And yeah. in that four-game stretch, we probably end up three and one. Um, I think our running game and our, and our defense probably is able to elevate themselves. Also, we're going to be able to test ourselves against the number one, we'll say number one contender, number two contender in the NFC Tampa, next to the Rams, yeah. Tampa, right? Like, And that defense gets to really go ahead and go after Brady. Can you end Brady's season early? And that's a joke, but um, honestly <laughs> – Compare yourself with the upper echelon. We know yeah, how does 100%. the game plan work? How does this new wide receiver core work? How does the special teams look? I think the testament right out of the gate is really important. 
um, especially for the simple fact that we are in a division where there is marginal room for mistake. Right. Yep. A hundred percent. Then they start that next four um, in London this year. They play the Giants that next week, week five. And then they play next week, week six against the Jets at home. Then they play Washington and then they're uh, they're in Washington and then they're in Buffalo. Honestly, that stretch outside of a crazy London game, I think Buffalo is the only like really scary game on there and they can easily beat them. But again, with this defense, this should be three and one. You know what I mean? Like, easily, should, right? Like again, though, Buffalo, another great test. And I think this is something that in we have In Buffalo, too, Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Like, that'll be a great game. That'll be a sick game, actually. I want to see more battle tested, right? I want to yeah. see more confidence going into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. And then they go on a pretty straightforward stretch. Only one good team here for the next five. They play in Detroit at home against Dallas. That's the tough game, but it's at home. Then at home against Tennessee, another tough-ish game, right? But I think that's their Thursday night game, but they should handle Tennessee. Um, at Philadelphia, at Chicago, then finally that bye week, week 14. So by the bye week, I mean, four losses max there, Matt? 13 yeah. games, four losses, five maybe, right? If they're playing poorly. I'd say nine and four is fair, and um, you know, fully agree with that. And honestly, on on pace to finish, you know, put thirteen wins again. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that's stopping them from winning the division is a is a good Minnesota Vikings team. I I don't think they have a new coach. Minnesota's got a new coach. We'll get into them in a little, you know, soon here. But Minnesota's got a good new coach. I think they have a really really elite offense. Their defense is a little suspect. I think that's the only team that, like, you know, if the, the new coach brings new blood in there. You know, maybe, maybe challenges the pack. After the bye week, though, they play at home against the defending champs. They play the Rams, and then they close out the season at Miami, at home against Minnesota, and at home against Detroit. So, honestly, you know, I'll even give them an L and maybe one other. I think six losses max this year. Ten and six max. Look, yeah. I'm going to go look up their over-under right now. What do you think? Ten and six? Y- you feel yeah. good about ten and six? I, I mean, I feel great about ten and six. Um I feel great about 10-6 because, again, this, this in my opinion, is a better team than last year. And while we're I don't disagree. Play, we're going to have to play harder teams, though, right? Because you have the Bucks, you have the Bills, even the Patriots. Yeah, but they um, played a, the I thought they played, they played a difficult schedule last year, though, too. They beat every single team in the NFC West last year in the regular season. So, I mean... Yeah, but again, the Cardinals game was close, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was and, there. Electric. And I... Yeah, yeah, and um, I, I think there are some pieces coming into this year that make these teams a little more challenging. Like we did not play the Bills last year, right? The Bills are, ooh, yeah, so good. We lost to the Chiefs without <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, right? Like that was it's a hard game to really kind of compound there. Wow, um, but sorry, you're gonna have to beat the teams that you're gonna have to beat in the playoffs and possibly yeah. the Super Bowl. That's what yeah. I'm excited about, right? All right, Matt. So we went over the Packers. Now it's time to go over, I think, your favorite team in the NFC North. I think you're the most stoked about this team. Um, mm. they, they are the great mystery, right? I see a lot of people online saying this is the team you bet the over on. Their wins this year, it's too low. There's no way that they're not going to hit it. And then people, I think like me, we'll see when we go over the schedule, are like, you know, they're still the Lions. Okay, like let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit here. So we're going to get into the Detroit Lions, kind of get into who they've signed. Talk about their draft pick, their exciting draft that they had. 
um, this year, especially in the first round. And, you know, what to expect from this depth chart with Aaron Rodgers still in the north, in my opinion, a better Vikings team. And I think what they'll be doing when we get to the Bears is competing with the Bears to be who's that third, fourth spot um, in the division. Now, with the Jamison Williams and um, Aiden Hutchinson picks, I think something that's getting overlooked is that they did sign DJ Chark. Now, Chark had that, what do you have, one, two good seasons in Jacksonville. He kind of jumped out and made this really, really big impact. Didn't have a great year last year, but Matt, his big, big issue is what? Availability, right? Mm-hmm. So he's always hurt. And I think he could be a sneaky, nice pickup, right? Him, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and then whenever Williams pops in there, plus Hawkinson, plus Swift, plus Jamal Williams, like they have a sweet little offense, but their defense is still bad. From their other signings, did you see anyone else that popped up on the page for you outside of the the offensive weapons and then obviously that first round draft for them? No, I think shedding themselves of Trey Flowers was really important. Uh, it'll give Hutchinson, you know, full command of those snaps. Flowers did have a really big uh, cap hit too. I think it was fifteen to seventeen million dollars, something like that. Yeah. And overall, when I just look at the off season, we talked about this coming into what is now off season. We said the Lions were one really, really, really big weapon on offense away from kind of pulling the entire foundation of the offense together. Before you look at the 2023 draft, which ultimately is a deep quarterback draft, which right. if the Lions can be bad. Now you're bringing in that weapon, right? You're bringing in the kid from Alabama, Bryce Young. You're bringing in CJ Stroud from Ohio State, but you didn't have the weapon. So now that you've got Jamison Williams, you've got the deep threat, you've got TJ Hawkinson over the middle, right? You've got your reliable, sure handed tight end. You've got Swift in the backfield with Williams. So you have your running game. You've got Honestly, an underrated offensive line with Penny Sewell. Um, yeah. You've got the kid, the left tackle as well, who's pretty solid. Yeah, good Decker. Interior, Decker, good interior guards. You've got probably the best top five, if not best center in the league. Um, and on top of that, you've got Amon Ron St. Brown in the slot. Like You have everything you need to be successful on top right. of the fact that you got possibly the most consistent edge rusher in this draft, right? So bring a quarterback in and you should be a competitive eight to nine win football team. That's what I look at it. So I'm actually hoping this season, this season they're not as good as people are expecting them to be because I would really like them to be able to have that foundation with a top tier rookie quarterback. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I, I think their their line is solid. I think that a little I I'd consider them the weakest part of their offense. But I mean, you put you plug this team into Madden, right? This offense, like this, is a really really fun offense. This is a really fun fantasy team, right? Because on the flip side of what they bring on the offensive side of the ball is the defense. The defense is their biggest weakness, right? I I don't think that's a big surprise to anybody. But they did make some moves, right? They brought in Michael Brockers, who's He's been around, you know, he's an average NFL D tackle. Um, I think the biggest question mark is, is how's Akuda going to bounce back, right? Like we yeah. both were suspect on the pick, didn't dislike Akuda. Like he's a great player, had a ton of promise, but it's a pretty big injury at a young age at the beginning of your career. Um, if he can somehow be back to what we thought he was going to be, him with the Sean Elliott, the other side of the field isn't very great, but I mean, you know, if you get that pass rush dialed in, they'll be okay. But where their games are going to be lost is on defense and with the quarterback, Jared Goff, right? Like you can have all these flashy, shiny toys as much as you want, but 
Goff is still going to Goff. He's still going to commit turnovers in the worst possible situations. And let's be honest, Matt, like we, everybody loves Dan Campbell. It's hard not to love Dan Campbell, right? He's an awesome guy, really fun football dude, kind of funny, but he did make a lot of boneheaded calls and risky plays as a coordinator and as a coach last year. And let's be honest, I, I don't think he's on the hot seat at all this year, but if we go two full football seasons of him kind of getting out coached and kind of coaching his teams out of wins, like question marks are still going to arise, but I agree with you. I would love to see them lose a lot of games this year because I want them to get Stroud Williams um, or Bryce young. I think if they get one of these young kids, this could be, this really could be a team that competes in, I'd say three seasons. Yeah, and I think Akuda is a great point, right? With that torn Achilles, this is an injury that very few people in the NFL have been able to come back from. We're, we're still trying to see if Cam Akers can come back and be successful after his right. torn Achilles. Uh, and especially at the cornerback position where you're backpedaling a lot, right? Like you're putting a lot of stress on that Achilles. It will be interesting. Fifth overall pick. I love the pick, actually, coming out of Ohio State. I thought he was going to be a shutdown corner for them. And if you can't get value out of that, that's going to hurt the rebuilding process. But yeah. Also, from the perspective of you get one of the elite three quarterbacks next year, you basically just have to draft defense as that I quarterback agree. contract continues, right? Like you just load up on defense. And sure, maybe you grab a guard in the second round. And I think the big thing for me with the line is if you have your left and right tackle, tackle completely solid, like solidified and your center solidified, you can plug and play guards. You know what I mean? Like, because the, the tackle position. You should position, be able to find and coach up a couple yes. guys, no doubt. Yeah. The tackle position should ultimately make those guards better. That's the whole idea. And I think that's why Jenkins for Green Bay has been so good for the, the longest period of time because Bakhtiari was there supporting him and he's just a great player in general. But. Getting back to the Lions, I think Jared Goff honestly could overextend his performance from last season and really kind of reshape himself. If you look at what Goff was with the Rams for two or three seasons, he was a very, very solid quarterback with good coaching, right? But also good weapons. I think Todd Gurley being there was definitely with the play action mentality a benefit to him. And Swift really being hurt last year, I think kind of took that away from him. When Swift is on the field, he's very explosive. And if you can get him and uh, Jamison Williams kind of activated together with Amon Ra over the middle with Hawkinson, I think you might actually see a quarterback that we haven't seen in a few years in golf. And that kind of scares me to the idea that we want them to have a young, <laughs> successful quarterback because yeah. we shit on Jared Goff. But Jared Goff, with the roster he was given when he got to Detroit, compared to the roster he now has, we're going to find out, I'd say, week 11 through 18 who Jared Goff is. You know, once Williams is on the field and Swift is on the field, you've got very few holes on that offense. If you can't do it with young, explosive players, you definitely are a backup now. Um, I mean, we haven't gone through all these teams, but just kind of based off last year and some of the new moves, let's, you know, kind of give a little projection here. So their first four games, they're at home against Philadelphia, at home against the Washington, uh, what are they? The Commanders Commanders. Yeah, yeah, the Washington Commanders. Uh, they're on the road against Minnesota, and then they're at home again against Seattle. So three of those first four games at home. Now, I am going to lean. <laughs> I don't know. That's tough. I, I, I truly think they win at least one of those games, and that game is Seattle. Yeah, if there's one a game three. that they're going to win. I, I think one and three would be realistic mm-hmm. there. Um, then they go week four, uh, or sorry, week five at New England. Then they have a bye. 
And then they're at Dallas versus Miami versus Green Bay. Jeez, they have so many home games to start the season. That really solidifies your 11 to 18. That's a lot of home games. But New England, Dallas, Miami, Green Bay, once again, like, I'm one inside at that point. <laughs> yeah, like maybe, you know, maybe another win. I'll say it, it, it'll honestly either be against Miami or Green Bay because the Packers do sometimes stumble yeah, against yeah. the Lions, right? Like that that's really all I can see. And then we're coming into um we're coming into Thanksgiving right after that. So they're on the road at Chicago against the Bears, on the road against the New York football giants, and then Thanksgiving, they're playing Buffalo at home and then they play Jacksonville at home as well. So there, you know, I'll give them another win, maybe two. Like I could see them beating Chicago. I could see them beating Jacksonville. I could maybe even see them beating um the Giants. Yeah, I have three and nine. I think two wins out of those three. I think I think they're better than the Giants and I think they're better than the Bears. I think the Bears are gonna tank this season. But Jacksonville I, I agree. could be Jacksonville could be good. I also think that the Giants can be too, and, and we'll have to take a deeper a dive into the mm. NFC East, of course, just because the new coach. Like I, I, I like the new coach, but obviously we have Danny Dimes and all that. But <laughs> yeah, I, that's I, our I thing, feel, right? Right, right. Yeah, I, I feel you there. Um, to close out the season, then they've got at home against Minnesota, against the Jets on the road, Carolina on the road, pa- or sorry, Bears at home, Packers uh, to close out the season in Green Bay. Once again. That's one, two, three, four, five games. I have five and 12. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe two there, you know, right? Like if they're picking up steam, you could see them beating the Jets. Could yep. see them beating Chicago once again, right? Well, I Carolina, think if if they don't go, away that's from true. Donald, yeah, that's you know? true. I totally, yeah, Carolina too. I think I overestimated them. Like they're probably gonna have a shitty year this year as well. Um, yeah, cool. I like you know five, five, six wins, right? And I know I kind of talked bringing into this into this uh, segment about the Lions, man. I've seen all over the Lions over six and a half is the play. Like, what do no. you f- like? Could would you put your hard-earned money on them to win seven games this year? That's the hard thing, though. You're you're basically guaranteeing they beat the Bears probably twice. They right? have to beat them twice. Have to beat them twice. Have you to. beat Seattle. You beat the Giants. Uh, you beat Carolina. You beat Jacksonville. Um, who else are we missing here? The, that's the Giants. If I didn't say that, like, there's but there's only like seven or eight games that are like even well, that's winnable. The thing. You, you you win every bad team, yeah, and, or, or or you don't win every bad team, and you upset Green Bay. You upset the Patriots, uh, Buffalo on fucking Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you 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 upset Dallas or something. You know, like something happens now. You know. Looking at this preseason, yeah, I think I, I ride with you right there, five and twelve. Mm-hmm. I I'd feel okay about six and eleven. Yeah, um, I'm going to the win total right that. now to yeah. think if it's still at, um, if it's still at six and a half. I'm pretty sure it is. Yep, six and a half. Um, the under is juiced a little bit more, so the book thinks they're going under as well. Seven wins is a lot, man. The NFL is not easy. As we kind of well, talked about Jared Goff, their team's still young, man. There's no guarantee that Hutchinson's going to be J.J. Watt, right? Like, they need well, no, him to be J.J. Watt right off the bat to win seven games, in my opinion. They need a pass paper, rush. Their secondary is too weak. It is, sure. But on paper, their Madden team, 
You're gonna put up 35 points a few times. Their Madden team is fun. I'm really like, yeah, it's, it's fun. way too early for it's fantasy fast. stuff, but like, it's I'm intrigued fast. about this team, right? Like, Hawkinson obviously has great value. St. Brown literally won people fantasy championships last mm. year, and then you add Jamison Williams at the end of the year as either you stash him or take him in the waivers halfway through the season. And DeAndre Swift, what did he? He probably ended at top five. I know he got hurt at the end of the year, but he was an absolute monster all year in fantasy too. And he's I, he's only going to have a better season, you know. Like you would think, he, he's another year developed into this league and going to be relied on to play that Todd Gurley mentality behind Goff, where you're really protecting him, you know, against some of those turnovers and sacks. Yep. Um, but the reason I bring up their talent on, on the football field is because it, it does scare me. This team could win eight games. Not not saying that like I expect them to because we just talked about five and 12, but this team could win eight football games. Jared Goff comes out and is the better version of himself with these weapons. You're talking about a team that could surprise the Cowboys, that could surprise the Packers, that could surprise the Patriots, that could surprise the Bills on top of beating all of the bad teams that they're going to play. Now we're yeah. talking about smashing that, that six and a half. Yeah, I don't expect it, but the talents there, unlike some of the other teams, like when we go ahead and talk about the Jets in a few weeks here, <laughs> there's or no the way. next team, the Bears here. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, no it's, way it's, it's not it, happening. Shit's not looking good. And, and, no. to, and to put a bow on this one here is just I agree with you. I think the hype is real. I think the Madden roster is real. I think that mm. Dan Campbell is there and all that. But we still need to remember who this team is. Right. So. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Uh, hope to be proven wrong here. I don't think I will be, but it, it happened. We thought the Bengals would be shit last year too. So here we are. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's a great point. Okay, moving on to the Chicago Bears here, Matt. So <laughs> um, going from a team that looks like they were going and trending in the right direction with Detroit, obviously, we, we already covered the Packers who are just kind of trying for one last run at it at the dance, right? Um, I actually really love what the Bears are doing now. Do I think this is going to translate into the Bears winning 10 games, winning six games? No, um, I love I love what they're doing. They're all in on the on the young rookie quarterback, they're all in on the uh, the rebuild over here. They know that they can't win now. Like they're not winning this year, and I feel like the front office has fully accepted that. Now, with that being said, I don't love that they've lost a lot of O line. I don't love that they weren't able to retain Akeem Hicks and at least give him a little bit of money. Um, I don't love that they lost Allen Robinson, even though that was obvious that they were going to lose him. The team's depth chart does not look good. I am on here and I honestly can't find like one nice move that I saw them make all off season. I know that I like, they did sign a D tackle. I'm trying to find him on here. They, uh, they grabbed um, the kid, Justin Jones. The, yeah. And they got the guy from uh, Cincinnati. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Larry Agabogu. <laughs> the deal felt, the deal fell through. He actually signed today with somebody. Oh no, shit, huh? Yeah, I man, I wish I were, probably the Rams because oh, you know they no. have billions of dollars. And then Tariq Cohen popped his Achilles in a workout, which he was released sucks. though. He was yeah. released, yeah. But he popped, he popped an Achilles. They got rid of Foles, which you know, no big deal. Um, the roster's bad. This, it this is. is, this is in my opinion, this is a bottom five roster in in the entire NFL. Yeah, it might um, be the worst. Honestly, fantasy, fantasy perspective, like. 
and we love him, but David, I don't think one guy on this team is worth a, a flyer. Maybe Darnell Mooney because he might get 35 targets a game. Um, honestly, like I liked Brian Pringle um, being signed from Kansas City. Yeah, uh, okay. I, I think Pringle might be the one guy week 13, week 15, where you know you pick him up because Mooney might be out and like can get you 10 or 12 receptions for 120 yards. You know what I mean? Like just for whatever reason, he's the only guy on the field like the Eagles had a few years ago where it's like you've got one receiver and four defensive backs out there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but, I feel that. I, I, I get the... I get it, you know, but Pringle Mooney, Equinemius St. Brown's probably their best third option, man. Like it's embarrassing. Montgomery's gonna they're just gonna stack the box. Fields is gonna be running for his life. You know, they've got they picked up Lucas Patrick from the Packers, classic, yep. right? I like Tevin, that. J- Tevin Jenkins, we love Jenkins. Yep. Um, other than that, the other guys are terrible on their O line. You go over to the defense and Outside of Eddie Jackson, Roquan Smith, and Robert Quinn, I don't. I, I I'm not trying to be an asshole because I the Bears might be my least favorite team in all of football, but I don't know who these guys are. I, I yeah. legitimately I don't I don't know who these dudes are, and I they have one guy at each level, right? I love Eddie Jackson; he's an absolute stud. Um, I really like Roquan Smith, stud Quinn, stud. But Matt, I, I'm dead serious. I don't know. I don't know anyone else on this defensive roster. They lost everybody. Well, and I think that's the biggest takeaway from this offseason. They got rid of the biggest pieces that needed to go, which was Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. They they got yeah, rid of 100%. cancers. Um, and I think what you look at this was really this is the ramifications and the consequences of trading for Khalil Mack without having a competent quarterback and a competent head coach. Well you said. gave up so many assets to move into a place to have the most dominant pass rusher in the league. And he was very, very, very good. But when it came to the offense around him and the play calling, you you lost your team's games as a head coach. And from a quarterback perspective, you didn't make the decision to unhitch from Mitch Trubisky in time, right? Like now it's now you're in this catastrophe of having no top tier young talent outside of your quarterback, your middle linebacker, and maybe a corner and an aging safety and you are about to enter the third year. After this season, it'll be Fields' third year of the contract. Like that's three years left before he's on for a max deal. You're not right. going to be able to develop these rookies in time to actually make that playoff push that so many of these other teams have made while they were on rookie deals. By the time yep. you're signing him to a big deal, you're going to have a bunch of these young rookies that are actually aiding him. And at that time, the Detroit Lions are going to be laughing at you as they blow by you and they're <laughs> you know, waving their huge offense with their young quarterback and their explosive wide receivers and Dan Campbell's on the sideline with his shirt off because he's actually won 10 <laughs> games. And the yeah, Bears like first it, time it, in like twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> it's sad, man. Like I, 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 I this is for sad. a market like for a market and for a yeah. legendary team like that. Once again, this is from two Packer fans that like mm-hmm. I don't fuck with the Bears. I do not Correct. like them. But it, it it is a travesty that they are going to be this bad. And like kind of the irony in it, it too is, and I like Fields. We're high on Fields. You and I both liked him more than Trey Lance. We'll see how that ends up panning out. Obviously, he has a way worse situation than Trey does out there in San Francisco. But is now they're going to be terrible, and they could have gotten this super stud quarterback this year. But at least now they'll get, or this upcoming year, I mean, but at least now they'll get probably the best prospect in the draft. That's not a quarterback. 
And now Screw if it. say say they are say they are the second pick, Matt. Say they are the first pick. Who knows, right? Like they're we're they're in contention for being arguably the worst team in football this year. No doubt about it. Um, in my opinion. Say they do get that top three pick. Shit, now they can maybe trade back a couple, let these guys trade up to get a quarterback, get some draft capital for the future, and, and right their wrongs from the pace naggy situation. Because to your point, trading for Mac, what they did was fuck up and draft the wrong quarterback. Right now, mm-hmm. would Watson have been Watson in Chicago? Would Mahomes have been Mahomes yeah. in Chicago? Right? Like yeah. that that's TBD, right? Like the coach, Nagy might have been the worst head coach I've ever seen in the past at least past five years. Like he was so incompetent, running a terrible offense, horrible leadership, everything. He was a horrible head coach, right? Now, would Mahomes have fixed that? Nobody knows, but everything started with those guys and they they set them up for, you know, for four to five years of, of rough times out in Chicago, for sure, yeah. to say the least. I would not be surprised if week 11, 12, 14, we're hearing the the Justin Fields uh, isn't the isn't He's the a guy bust is a bust. All this shit, yeah, and yeah, well, like let's run, we, let's run through the schedule and see, like honestly, because well, we'll, we'll yeah, see if but, it's justified or not. Because some of the teams they play, it, it actually might be. It, but look at the offensive line that we just talked about. Patrick yeah. might be the best guy on that line. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, uh, we're gonna hear this stuff, and it's gonna make me sad because it's like if they ruin this poor kid's career. And it, it's not even like the current coaching staff. It's what Nagy and Pace did. Right. Let's get into the schedule. Right. Well, and then he goes to a team like hypothetically, say he goes to Indy, right? And oh, like yeah. you put him around that team, he fucking he's a dominates. Yeah. Um. Okay. First four weeks uh, at home against San Francisco on the road in Green Bay, at home against the Houston Texans, on the road against the the Giants. They have to win one of those games. The Houston or New York got to win it. I'm not on four. I mean, I. I, I feel that I'm, I, I gave him. Him, I give him one. Um, I can't wait to go over Houston. <laughs> Seriously, we love our boy. Um, I think Davis might just have enough around him have with enough. Brandon Cooks. You know, yeah, like I, I don't at least he's got at a. At least he's got Cooks. <laughs> I don't. I, I honestly I don't disagree at oh, all. It's um, so embarrassing. <laughs> then we've got uh, Minnesota, Washington, New England, Dallas, Miami. We're at week ten now. I don't think they beat any of those teams. No. Um week nine or excuse me, week ten, they, they play their first game against Detroit. We just talked about this. Mm-hmm. If Detroit's gonna hit seven, they've got to beat Chicago twice. I personally think they split the season series yeah, with Detroit. I agree. They, I agree. I, there's just I find it really hard to believe that they sweep them. Yeah, I agree. Um and then they play Atlanta, a winnable game. Ooh. The Jets, a winnable game. And then they play Green Bay again, go on week fourteen, uh bye week. So that's what I'm saying. Like, to your point, you were like, oh, we'll see week 12, week 13, where people are thinking, like, if Fields throws a stinker out there against Houston, if he throws a stinker out there against Detroit, Detroit Atlanta. Atlanta, and the Jets, oh. I think there's reason for speculation. Now, if he's hiking the ball and literally sprinting backwards because his head might get thrown off, that's different, like it was last Correct. year, right? Yeah. They, 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 uh, they close out the season at home against Philly, L., at home against Buffalo, L, Detroit, we just talked about it, and then Minnesota. I think the Packers in Minnesota probably sweep them this year. We'll get to Minnesota here in a second. I think Minnesota yeah. is still very, very good. No one's really talking I've got 2-15, and 15, but in reality, I'm going to take 3-14. and 14. Yeah, I uh, I, was, three and I, I got 4. I got, I got 4 okay. wins for them. I think, they, I think they pull out That's four generous. Wins. It is generous, but it's just... 
Once again, I feel you. New head coach, new 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 blood, new coach, new everything. I I, that always gets me one more win because like they're gonna win a game they shouldn't. They they probably beat Washington, right? They probably beat Houston. You know, like they they maybe they beat Green Bay. Honestly, like these division games, shit happens. I feel you. You never know. It's football. It's football. Okay, last team in the North is going to be the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I think this is the biggest competition for the Packers. They have been for, shit, I don't know what, five, basically since Cousins has came over, right? And then the year mm-hmm. with Case Keaton when they won the division uh, before that. Now, the Vikings fired their coach. So what I expect from that, even though it was the right decision, they needed to fire Zimmer. I, I was behind that. Even like as a Packer fan, it sucked because I, I liked having Zimmer there because I knew they'd be kind of the level of mediocrity that they always were, but they needed to fire him. With that being said, I think their defense gets worse without that defensive minded coach. I think the defense regresses. Now they picked up uh public enemy number one for Green Bay now, Zadarius Smith. Guy just fucking hates the Packers, even though he pretty much they pretty much revitalized his career, but you know, whatever. Um Outside of that, they got Albert Wilson, kind of a slot receiver that I thought they didn't really necessarily need. Um, what else do you see on here from from who they signed? I, though they signed Chain and Sullivan, another backup for the Packers. They I didn't make the, it. They didn't make a ton of noise outside of the, the the head coaching, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think the biggest moves were their two, their first and second round pick. Um, right. Was it two firsts? I think it was two firsts. They took Andrew Did Booth they do- and they took Lewis um, Cien. I don't. They might have had two first. You might be right. We have to look. I it love up. the booth. I like. I love liked the booth. booth. We liked booth a lot. Yeah, we liked yeah. booth a lot. I Lewisine. Um, I think I'm saying that right. It's C I N E. Honestly, rookie safeties might as well just sit them on the bench the whole year. Like, unless you're yeah, a but with, freak of with, with Harrison Smith there though, like that's that's something I that's a good pick because I love Harrison Smith. Love to Bro, hate him. He's you know always how so old good. Harrison Smith is old, 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 old. I want to say he's going to be um, 34 this year. I'm looking him up right now as we talk. 34, about 34. You think? I he think might Harrison be right. Smith I'm pulling him up right 34. now too. And that's Let's honestly, see. they had no choice. Ooh, 30, close, he, 33. Yeah. Okay. So he's in his year 33 because he won't he's be 34 until February. He's basically, he's in the twilight. Mm-hmm. 100%. That's the last thing I want to pair together, right? A rookie and like the, the 12th year vet. Don't get me wrong. Harrison's going to really teach him. Like That's, I, that's I like where I'm that. coming from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I still think that's a liability when <laughs> you still have to face Aaron Rodgers. And it's interesting because we don't talk about this a lot in regards to NFL trades, but the Vikings decided to trade Green Bay that 34th overall pick. In, right. in turn, they took Christian Watson, right? And in three or four years, are we going to be talking about Watson being the guy? You know, who knows who the quarterback back mm. is at that time, but the guy and Minnesota having to constantly play him, knowing their move allowed us to take him. Well, and to double down on that, like they also traded the Lions, the pick that ended mm, up being James yeah. Williams. So yeah. if Watson and Williams are sprinting past uh, Mr. S- I think Scene or Sign, yeah. sorry, we're for fucking your name up. Um, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Well, that, yeah, that may go down as one of the worst trades of all time. Like you're a brand new GM trading within the division, watching two dudes run past you with the fucking mm-hmm. celebrating. Yeah, that'd For be uh, seven, eight years. Quite the irony, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, with that being said, uh, I saw a TikTok video today hyping Kirk Cousins Shout as the out. potential MVP. Uh, that's not happening. I'm sorry. 
kid. You know, and I, sa- I saved your video so we can <laughs> stitch it in uh, nine months because I will be stitching it in nine months. Um, <laughs> um, he can have a great season and win the division. He's not going to win MVP. It's just not happening. Yeah, I mean, the team start and stops with Dalvin Cook. Let's be honest, 100%. right? If Dalvin Cook is, is if Dalvin's Dalvin, if he's healthy, if he's, if he's healthy, like, let's be real. If he's 100% for, I'll say, 13 out of, the, well, there's 17 games, 14 out of the 17 games, like, they might win the division, 100%, right? If he's healthy, if Thielen still has that gear where he can catch touchdowns, he can run routes, he can stay clean, um, but Jefferson's going to be there, you know, like th- it starts and stops with cook. Now, me, some th- one last thing, Matt, actually, go ahead. Go ahead. Let me ask you this though, because we're Packer fans, so we are biased, but I, I believe the Packers only have one position that isn't immensely better than every position on the Vikings. Obviously oh, yeah, the receiver, yeah, receiver, but every right. other position we're better than them. So do you really think a team that so, only is better at wide receiver can win? So I, I think Dalvin Cook is is head and shoulders better than Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Now, I do I think do I think their combination is better long term? Yes, but I, I personally I I think Dalvin Cook's a top top two top three back. He is, league. but he gets hurt all the time. So I, if you I, have I agree, Jones I, I and Dylan, you, but so does Jones gets hurt too. Yeah, like but he, you have that's why you have two of them though. You, I, you I get you bro. yourself. I, I get you, bro. But I'm just saying like you're asking me what do I think what p- position is better as a team? I think the Vikings have a better running back position and I think they're obviously the receivers are better. Now and that you're kind of leading into my point and I'm glad I let you go. Obviously the Packers have a better quarterback. But mm-hmm. something people aren't talking about is this offensive line is fucking horrible. Uh, their their left tackle very good. Outside of that, ass. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line is below average. Will be the reason Dalvin Cook gets hurt, or isn't the guy that I'm expecting him to be. And it, it it's an absolute issue. Now we flip it to the other side of the ball. Um, they lost their middle linebacker this year. Don't know if you heard about that. Mm-hmm. So now they're down to Eric Kendricks. I think Barr went to um, Pittsburgh, I want to say, which that's actually a sick pickup by them. But they have a bunch of nobodies out there. They got Daniil Hunter. They got Kendricks. Um, they got Darius Smith now. But their, their secondary is weak. They've got an old Patrick Peterson, an old Harrison Smith, this rookie um, I'm not impressed by their defense. Like I said, I think if there's one spot that people are overlooking for the Vikings is their defense, which is Mike Zimmer made that defense better than mm-hmm. what it was. And it wasn't that good last year, you know? 100%. So I, I think that is something that people are overlooking in, in the O-line. Now, you know me, man, I fucking love Jefferson. I hate it. God, I love that guy. I love Dalvin Cook, but there's no, there's no damn way I'm taking them over the Packers, bias no. or unbiased. You cannot no. just because we lose Devontae Adams. This team on paper isn't close. It's not close. It's not close, and that's why I was so fired up when I asked you because when you really go <laughs> through it, it's like, and and I honestly probably agree with you. Like I would rather have Delvin, hundred percent, our, our boys, but because Delvin gets hurt so much. It, it, if they had a backup running back, this would be a different conversation. It would be an I absolute no brainer. But like. They just don't have anybody behind him, which is the biggest flaw. We talk about like if you have a key piece, you have to have a safety net behind them, right? We've, we've been agree, saying that Matthew, for a few yep. weeks now. And like to not have 
something behind Dalvin Cook anyways. Um, I, I agree. I feel you, bro. I do feel you. I, I totally, I, I get where you're coming from. Well, and the kid on TikTok, I think, and I, this was my first thought. You're crazy. My second thought was, well, I watched the Packers and I watched the Vikings and I watched the bears and I watched the lions. I watch them every single year. I know where the roster's at. I know the players that are coming and going on teams. It's a lot easier to have perspective within your division when it's your division, you know, when right. you're rooting for these guys. I don't know the NFC West as should as good as I should because it's not my division. And for me to say that the Packers will absolutely not lose to the Vikings is because Packers, as I've said, could lose half the roster. And they're still probably at that point marginally better than the Vikings, which right. is wild. Right. And, and, and when the and when the Vikings beat Green Bay in Minnesota, it's like, yeah, it ha- fucking happens. Happens every yep. year. Like every year. They play us tough at home. And Delvin so goes for two hundred. <laughs> right, or like last year, I had Jefferson and Devontae in fantasy. It was a great fucking day for fantasy, bad day for the Packers, dude. Shit happens. <laughs> um, first four games, they start the season off in Green Bay, um, you know, and then at, at, at Philadelphia Monday night, at home against Detroit, at home against New Orleans, and then at home against Chicago. Um, I see three and two right there, first five games. I got four I think, and one. Yeah, yeah, they might beat Green Bay. I think they beat Philly. I, I think they beat Detroit. They might lose to New Orleans. They're for sure beating Chicago. Then they uh, then they play Miami, and then they have a bye week. So going into four and the set, two, four and two, five and one. Mm-hmm. If they're three and three, it's that's that's unacceptable to me, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, coming out of the bye week, they've got at home against Arizona. That's a tough game. On the road in Washington, the road against Buffalo, home against Dallas, home against the Patriots. That's a tough stretch off the off the bye week right there. How many games well, is that? That's a one, two, three, four, five. Washington's the only quote unquote layup, but I think this is their bounce back here. We'll see. I don't yeah, know man. about that one right there, man. I so let's let's go through this. Arizona at home. I think they can win that game because yeah, they they're in Minnesota. Because they're in Minnesota, and both defenses are are bad. You know what yeah. I mean? Without Chandler yeah. Yeah, Jones, yeah, yeah, yeah. bad. I agree. I agree. Um, at Washington, I'll give them a win there too. Mm. They probably win that game. Now in Buffalo, no. At mm. Dallas or at home against Dallas, probably Mm-mm. not. No. At home against New England, no. oh, what is that Thursday the twenty? Is that on? Oh shit! That's the that's the night game on Thanksgiving. So maybe. But we'll go two and three in that stretch right there. So that's another six. I bet six. I'm at six and five then. Okay. And then um, we go at home against the Jets, on the road against the Lions. Oh, look at this game. At home against Indy. That's a good game. Uh, at home against the Giants. So that's another one, two, three, four game stretch there. I think they beat the Jets. I think they beat the the Lions. Mm-hmm. I don't think they beat Indianapolis. No, I love I the Colts this year. I do too. I have a nine and six after this stretch. Yeah, and then finish it up uh, at uh, oh oh shit they they open at home against Green Bay actually. Shit, that was my bad. Because that changes things for me. That, a little that bit does then. change things. Yeah, because they might win that game then. All right, I think they, whatever. I think they lose that game at home, and then then coming to Green Bay, there's no way they win in, new, in Green Bay. New New Year's Day in Green Bay, and then close the season. That's gonna be a fucking sick Sunday, dude. New Year's Day, yeah. we're gonna have all the New Year's Rose Bowl, all that shit for college and football, bro. Like, ooh, and then um, 
they play the Bears last game of the season. So, I dude, I have them. Uh, I've got them at a, at a solid seven. nine, maybe ten wins. Let's let's look at their. What do you think their over unders? They, they've got to be at nine. You think, huh? Uh, nine and a half. Gotta be at nine. I think nine and a half. Ooh, eight and a half. Eight and a half. Oh, minus, hammer that. Minus one forty though, dude. That's a big, big number. But I. I feel see I wouldn't have marked that one down. I feel good about that over yeah. eight and a half for sure. It, I'm, I'm sitting at ten they, and seven, and I'm like I I didn't give them very much credit. You know what I mean? Like I'm like eh. sure, sure. Like they could easily I mean, they, be twelve and five, twelve. Yeah, twelve. And five. They easily. I mean, they they play a good amount of bad teams. That makes mm-hmm. even for the Packers. You know, when we went over them, they play a lot of bad teams bad this teams. year, man. Yeah, we got a good division matchup. We're playing that NFC East. Mm-hmm. Right, so outside of Buffalo, like New England's a winnable game. Obviously, the Jets suck. Right, yep. Miami. Who knows? Um, well, wow. it's these Giants. It's these Giants, Eagles, Washington. You know, like hundred percent. We're you're just kind of like even okay. the Cowboys too. Like, who, what what Cowboys team's gonna show up? You know, like it, yeah. are they gonna are they gonna play good? Are they gonna look like shit? Are they gonna turn the ball over? Are they gonna make stops? Like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't disagree with you. No Cooper, no Gallup, you know? Shit, that's true. Week 11, Gallup might Gallup, be coming back, yeah. like, right around week 11. Maybe. And even if he does, though, he's not He's not going to be back back, right? Like, yeah. you just can't, you can't bank on that until maybe maybe playoffs, maybe 2023 season. Like, totally and so agree. you're really um, requiring CD to be out there and beat the guy, which is what you drafted him to beat. <laughs> right. Well, everybody, thank you for coming out and listening to the podcast. You can follow Matt Morris on Twitter at Matt underscore E underscore Morris. Me, Matt Guest at Matt underscore Guest on Twitter. The podcast at Pitcher Bet Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Later.